Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Two guys who start every day with a green smoothie. The bartender says it's a margarita. Whatever. What's up, kids? You're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Fuchaball Cheeseman. <laughs> this is Chad. You've been Rickrolled, so wash. And on this show, Google for Jobs is not a nonprofit. HR Tech is having a hard time finding profits, and U.S. workers' paychecks are raining profits. Let's do this. Okay, I want to clear the air here, okay? Yeah. So, so Jasper Spaniart, uh, <laughs> who, who thinks he knows something about Portuguese, uh, we're, we're in Paris for, uh, for, for Unleash. Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah. It was, right. Okay. Yep. And, and, and he tells you that the way that they say football <laughs> – in, in Portuguese, is a football. Football. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? This this was an 18-minute conversation about how to pronounce football. He comes back later and says, yeah, I was totally wrong. That's not how you pronounce it. I'm like, uh, yeah, no shit, asshole. <laughs> it's fun to say, though. Football. It is very fun to say. So I have to thank, I have to thank uh, Jasper for that one because that was a, a funny 18-minute conversation about nothing, which is uh, kind of like a, a just about the length of a Seinfeld episode. Yeah, wasn't this before he ate some bad fish and spent like the next eight <laughs> hours on the toilet? It was not good. It was not yeah, good for yeah, poor Jasper. Yes. Unlike I, the meals you're having in, in uh, Portugal, oh, by the way. Oh, dude, yes. It is beautiful. It is like a wonderful 75 degrees. It was just on the water, kind of clearing my head before I had time with you. And here we are. So, yeah, let's get this over with. <laughs> time with me. Time with me. <laughs> Clearly, there's no Olive Garden in Portugal. <laughs> no, no. But we do have olive trees everywhere. That's where the fried stuff with cheese was. You, uh, So that's the whole point. Yes, exactly. Well, I'm glad you're having a good time. Uh, you're there through the holidays. So everyone, yep. if you're sick, if you're sick of Chad living his best life pictures on Facebook, well, guess what? Too bad. They're not going to stop. Yeah. Pause. Oh. Pause me on Facebook if you don't want to see my <laughs> pictures and Instagram if you don't want to see my pictures. If you don't see him, you'll you'll run into cardboard Chad on a Zoom call <laughs> near you at some point. <laughs> thanks. Thanks to Aaron app. Yes. Yeah, All right. Let's yeah. jump into these shout outs. Shout I know out. Everybody wants to hear them. Uh, my first shout out goes to senior recruiters who are getting rickrolled by resumes. That's right. Recruiters should obviously take more than seven seconds to review a resume. Why, you might ask? Well, Angelina Lee, a software engineer, totally duped resume, uh, recruiters with a hilarious resume with bullet points that got her immediate interviews. Here are some of those bullet points. Uh, while at Instagram, she was a full stack engineer that led mm -hmm. teams, a team of six engineers to mine Bitcoin on company servers. <laughs> <laughs> at Zillow, as a, as a senior full stack engineer, she organized team bonding through a 
company potato sack race, resulting in increased team bonding and cohesity. At LinkedIn, as a software engineer, she connected with Reed Hoffman on LinkedIn and slid into the DMs. That was her skill. That was on the resume, sliding into Reed Hoffman's. Yep. That escalated quickly. At the University of Berkeley, California, mm-hmm. she set the Phi Beta Phi fraternity record for most vodka shots in one night. That is all, that's a bullet. And last mm-hmm. but never least, all the links in her resume lead to a video of a YouTube video. Rick Askley, never going to give you up. Yes, she rickrolled recruiters from Atlassian, GitHub, Grubhub, Bolt, Scale.ai, Reddit, Airtable, and Wattpad. They all wanted to interview her immediately with these fucking bullet points on her resume. Clearly, she has cracked the algorithm (laughs) code of... uh... Passing the free screen. Oh, it's fucking awesome. Free screen. Wow. All right. Well, my first shout out goes uh, to Walmart. Something they also oh. probably don't have in Portugal. If I'm no. if I'm guessing. Well, they anyway, do not. Walmart is introducing daily sensory friendly hours. I didn't even know this was a thing across uh, its stores nationwide, which will involve lowering the lights, turning off the radio, and replacing TV displays with static images. Uh, these hours are designed to accommodate individuals individuals with sensory processing issues such as autism, ADHD, PTSD, etc. Uh, Walmart sensory-friendly hours will run from 8 to 10 a.m. at your local Walmart in the U.S. and also Puerto Rico stores. Uh, there is no no end date uh, that's been named. So I think this is a great thing. I didn't even, I, I mean, like, I don't know how this came up or... Should adopt it for everybody. I, I, don't, I don't feel like you need to have a disorder to enjoy this. I'd love to go to Walmart without the TVs and if yeah. they could get rid of the greeter. That'd be great. That'd be great. Just <laughs> we we all, because of all of the, you know, all the time on our phones, as you can see on YouTube, I'm holding up my phone. We have so much information coming into us at once. Walmart could be kind of like a getaway from all of that for everybody all the time. They can just get rid of all of that shit. Always. Yeah. I think it'd be great. I think this, I think this is sexy. So shout out to uh, Twitter, who are selling Twitter handles, which I thought was interesting. It's called X now, Chad. Going to continue to call it Twitter. Uh, (laughs) How do you know when your business model and company is in the tank? Well, here's a key indicator. Uh, Twitter has begun work on a handle marketplace for the purchase of account names left unused by the people who originally registered them. Earlier this year, Mm -hmm. Twitter began purging defunct accounts from its site and Musk posted that he planned to free up as many as 1.5 billion username soon it seems interesting almost like selling domains oh it's totally like selling domains and it's also strong arming all the corporations and uh personalities that have said i'm not gonna buy a blue check i'm not gonna you know do do all that stuff because to me it's it's sort of strong arming people like you could lose your stuff if you don't pay up if you're not you know active anymore if you i mean so to me it's a play to like strong arm people in, into paying but yeah a lot there are a lot of domains or not domains but handles that i assume that people would would pay big money for most of them probably pornographic nevertheless uh would probably pay a lot of money uh the dude needs to make some sort of return on his 44 billion dollars uh this is one way to do it i guess he won't make many friends 
but it is one way to to make some money. Maybe not the best one. Maybe not it just best. seems like he keeps he can't see the burning forest for the flames. For for me, it's just like oh, it's it, it's crazy. It's like he's driving this business further and further into the ground. It's uh, because to be quite frank, for me, this just means that more people can buy names that aren't them, and they control. I mean, just it, 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 the whole validity of uh-huh. why would I give this guy my credit card information? This is another big fuck you. I'm not doing it. There's no way. And this is another thing. I mean, you know, uh, so we both were are familiar with Dot Jobs, right? So when Dot Jobs came out, you had to sort of apply, and they proved it and everything else. Validate. Like there could be a case where. Any new company, startup, new Hollywood darling that Twitter just keeps a wrap on their handle and you got to go submit a request to have the handle. So this could be a thing going forward. Like if you're famous or a company or, or in the public domain that you'll have to go to Twitter X for approval of the said handle uh, to get it. This could be a definite whole new business for X going forward. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a business that just runs people away and they'll go to other mediums like TikTok and threads and who knows. Well, Elon overload uh, warning kids. Oh, uh, shit. If you thought that was too much, Elon, uh, I've got another shout out uh, for Elon. It may not even matter uh, the, the handles, Chad. Uh, Elon sat down <laughs> with uh, Britain's prime minister uh-huh. this week uh, on the BBC and talked about AI and uh, he he. He says universal basic income is so 2020. He's talking about universal high income. Here's the soundbite from the interview. Enjoy. We have for the first time, we will have for the first time something that is smarter than the smartest human. Um, And that, I mean, it's hard to say exactly what that moment is, but, but there will come a point where no job is needed. You can have a job if you want to have a job, sort of personal satisfaction. No jobs. The AI will be able to do everything. I don't know if that makes people comfortable or uncomfortable. It, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, when, there's, when, when there's new technology, it tends to have, usually follow an S-curve. In this mm-hmm. case, we're going to be on the exponential portion of the S-curve for a long time. Um, and you'll be able to, like, so you'll be able to ask for anything. It, it, it won't be, a, and we won't have universal basic income. We'll have universal high income. So in some, in some sense, it'll be somewhat of a leveler um, or an equalizer, because you know, really, I think everyone will have access to this magic genie. All right, That's right, all baby. Right, We're all, all getting right. high incomes. No education, no nothing, just universal <laughs> high income. Sounds like a good time, Chad. It's Wally. Yeah, no, it's it's a great time. But I mean, until that happens, people love free stuff. Uh, so they, they can go to chadcheese.com slash free where you can get your T-shirts, free T-shirts, kids, from JobGet. Mm-hmm. Beer, you can prospectively win beer. We give one, one away, uh, not one beer, but one big pack of craft beer <laughs> left. <laughs> Joel and I drink you know, the rest of it. We you just know give times one are beer. tough when we give away one can of beer every month, everybody. That's from Aspen Tech Labs. Yes, no, they are sending a big, big thing of uh, craft beer to you. Two mm-hmm. fifths of whiskey from Tex Kernel. And when it's your birthday, you know, baby, it's time for a little rum. With our friends over at Plum.io. Yeah. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. That's right. Another year around the sun for some 
some of our listeners and biggest fans chat. It's a it's a short list this week, so uh, you know it's it'll be quick. So uh, Alicia Buchler, Lucas Roscoe, Katie Gentry, John Tehan, Kevin Lowe, Alan Bourne, and Laura Martinelli are all celebrating. <laughs> A birthday this week. So shout out to you guys. Have a good time. Have a good Lucas time. Roscoe, probably one of the most American names I can think of. Isn't he a <laughs> senator from Mississippi? I, <laughs> probably Louisiana. Vote Lucas Roscoe. <laughs> vote Lucas Roscoe. And now that voting is over, uh, it's time for events, kids. And when we do events, we do it with Shaker Recruitment Marketing. That's right. They they fuel our travel. Uh I'm going to be going to TA Tech in Europe, in London, that is, uh, December 4th through the 6th. So I'm going to be emceeing the uh, the stage for a few days with uh, Kirsty Kelly. Uh, it's a good time. It's going to be really focused heavily on tech in our space. Uh, going to have a lot of tech leaders from our space talking about what's going on and even... Sir Richard and Queen Beverly are going to be there. So I'll give them your regards, Joel. (laughs) That's not just for them. Also, Factory Fix powered fantasy football, Chad. That's right. That's sexy. Halfway through the season. And here is your leaderboard going into week 10, I believe. Mm. Number one, she can't be stopped. She is... A juggernaut in fantasy, Michelle Sergeant Slaughter at number one mm. still, followed by Marcy Darth Maul, Joe Mason Dixon Line, Funky Cold Medina Perro, Jagged Little Jill Patterson, Jasper <laughs> the Friendly Ghost Spanjart, Billy Joel Cheeseman, Chad So Washed Up, Dean Streets Osner, Brent Losi Gosi, sorry. Lucy Goosey, or something like that. I made these up at about midnight last night. Dennis Quaid Tupper and Kristen Urbandana (laughs) round out the 12 players in fantasy football. That is your leaderboard, powered by our friends at Factory Fix. Dude, I beat Michelle Sargent. The number one team last week by That's forty points. Four zero. I think she has two losses. Four zero uh, points. Forty points. And it didn't even phase her. I mean, she's scored that many points. She is still on top. But you know who else is on top? Who's on top? Data, baby. Data's on oh, top. Yeah. If you're if you're a data geek, you gotta check out this new uh YouTube series that we have. It's happening mm-hmm. monthly. Every time the job jobs report comes out, the BLS spits out their jobs report. Our friends over at Link Up, who have a shit ton of labor market information, we get Toby Dayton, who's a CEO over there. We get him on the line and we talk about the jobs report. We talk about landscape. We talk about the economy, those types of things. We put our first one out this week and it caught fire. It caught fire. I was really excited about it. It caught fire because we go deep, Chad. Just the tip. That's right. That's right. We go deep on this one. Topics. All right, Chad. A lot of companies in our space reported quarterly earnings this week, and it wasn't all that pretty. Here's a quick breakdown. Revenue fell at Indeed and Glassdoor amid uncertain economic conditions. And the new pricing model at Indeed that I know you love helped push down paid job ads, according to their owner, Recruit Holdings. Uh, Indeed's paid job ads fell 50% year over year, uh, heading out to uh, DHI Group, that stock ticker symbol DHX, home of Dice and Clearance Jobs, reported third quarter 
Revenue fell 2.8% year over year. The stock is down a whopping 20 plus percent since reporting. Ouch. Veritone, who acquired Pandologic and Broadbean, uh, plunged over 20%. That's their share price on Wednesday. As Craig Hallam, a Wall Street analyst, downgraded the stock to a sell rating after their earnings report. Background check company Sterling missed on earnings and revenue estimates. The silver lining, perhaps, was Zip ZipRecruiter beating on earnings and revenue. Of course, that's after being down over 30% year-to-date. Chad, it's ugly out there. Your thoughts? It's ugly. And I, I, the last thing I want to talk about is dice, for God's sakes. <laughs> but but indeed, right? Let's talk about the big guys in the space. Much like Monster, Indeed hasn't evolved their revenue model with innovative products. Monster and Career Builder didn't evolve. And Indeed, a more evolved platform at that time, knocked them both off the mountain. So since Indeed's inception, they have needed to do something different. All they have done is rename the exact same goddamn products that they that they have so that they can raise prices on them. All that they are doing is taking a search engine and turning it into a job board with mandatory registration for job seekers, right? This is the shit that we were doing in the late 90s. Other than the, you know, the, the performance click piece, I mean, they're starting to to look at mandatory registration, which is it was something that even was a no-no back in the late 90s. So they haven't evolved. And they have actually devolved uh, in only demonstrating to us that, you know, this is not a sustainable model. They need to be able to create new products, not put mm-hmm. lipstick on the fucking pig, create new products and evolve their model. This, to me, is uh, something that you're going to see uh, across the board. But when you see a big industry player like this, you understand that, hey, that's market validation. You've got you, you've to pivot and you've got to do something new quickly. So there was a time uh, when Monster was a public company, Yahoo, mm-hmm. uh, or not Yahoo, but uh, Hot Jobs. Hot Jobs, And yeah. when, when the economy was good, these stocks did very well. In any given vacuum, times are good. If you watch the uh, Chen Cheese Does Data show, uh, with Toby, uh, like things are improving and getting better. Uh, so it's kind of curious why these stocks aren't doing well, or at least going sideways. Uh, they're doing pretty poorly. I think the fact is people are finding people in different ways. There's There, there are disparate ways uh, that people are finding work, finding people to fill jobs, because there clearly are jobs that need to be filled. That's in the news on a regular basis. So I have outlined what I call the four horsemen of the apocalypse Uh-oh. to the job board or the jobs industry, job posting industry. You ready, Chad? So number one yep. in my four horsemen of the apocalypse for the job board industry, number one is Google and LinkedIn. Google for jobs, no matter what narrative Indeed or anyone else says, uh-huh. is is putting a hurting on the job board industry. I mean, it is a commodity that Google has sort of figured out, and we'll talk about that in our next story. But yeah. Google is a juggernaut that that job boards haven't quite figured out how to leverage in any in any scale. And LinkedIn, let's be honest, is the place where you find people. It's where you source people. They've done a great job, like it or not, of like pushing crack. out pushing out the competition. Yeah. Uh, putting a walled garden around their data, and they've done a really good job of doing it. And now they have OpenAI, thanks to Microsoft's uh, deep pockets, to now take that to another level. So the first horseman is LinkedIn and Google. 
The second horseman is automation. Mm-hmm. Look, you and I just talked recently about the robots at AWS moving boxes, working in the warehouse. Why would you buy stocks that are job postings to hire people when you see images about <laughs> Amazon replacing everybody with robots that carry uh, that carry boxes, not to mention driverless cars that are eventually going to come? Look, Wall Street is a, is a forward-looking indicator, and forward-looking, it looks like we're going to need less people. So why would I invest in, in these companies? Uh, the third horseman of the apocalypse is AI. Again, if I'm looking at Elon Musk doing an interview with the Prime Minister of Britain saying that we won't even have jobs in the future. Universal high incomes. Why would I, why would I invest in companies uh, if, there, if there's no growth prospects for people or even having jobs uh, in the future? And the fourth horseman of the apocalypse is the gig economy. We didn't talk about those stocks. Uh, Upwork is over 20% uh, year to date in its share price. Uber is up almost 100%. And DoorDash is up 80% year to date. If I'm an investor, I see people have options. I see people can do their own thing. People can gig it as a, as a, as a career. So those four horsemen of the apocalypse, Google and LinkedIn, AI, automation, and the gig economy spell trouble for ZipRecruiter, Indeed, Glassdoor, and others. And I don't see any end to the pain that they are suffering. Pain. The pain. <laughs> Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. Yeah, I, what Indeed has been trying to do is obviously raise prices, and, and and everybody at this point is trying to do what marketing has been doing for a shit about ten, fifteen years, which is the, the qualified marketing light or you know MQL, right? That's what everybody's trying to do. I think that's kind of like the the next pot of gold, but again, that's going to go away. So automation, I agree hundred percent on being able to get incredibly targeted. I mean, we just we just talked about in the shout outs where a resume was fooling recruiters, right? Yeah. We need to be able to to actually have proof positive that these individuals can do the job. Just because they say they can doesn't mean they can. So for companies like Indeed to just continue to do the exact same thing over and over and over and call it something new, I think the market is starting to understand it's all bullshit. Well, I mentioned Google in my summary, and Google is in the news. Google is in the news. Uh, they're making changes to their free service, Google for Jobs, uh, which may impact organic traffic to job postings in favor of sponsored jobs by some accounts. The alterations have been observed in Germany, the Netherlands, and parts of the U.S., and they involve reducing the prominence of Google for Jobs in search results. The modifications could lead to a decrease in free traffic to job boards, aggregators, ATS operators, and employers. Some experts believe this is in preparation for the launch of Google Job Ads, aiming to direct more traffic to paid ads while others think it's intended to enhance the user experience. Chad, you were interviewed for the uh, AIM Group story. I assume you have some thoughts on Google's move on Google for Jobs. Yeah, so I'm here in Portugal and I'm not seeing any changes. Uh, even when I VPN into the States or even parts of the EU, I haven't seen any changes. So this is, this is obviously still somewhat in, in beta, maybe A-B testing. Yep. Um, but regardless, uh, Alex uh, Tchaikovsky actually did a, a video which showed the changes mm-hmm. that they don't seem like an effort to slow organic traffic personally, yeah. although – 
we will see in the numbers as it's roll out, rolled out. It seems like a more streamlined approach because Google for Jobs is ugly as fuck in the first place, right? So them to try to streamline it to make it look better, uh, more aesthetically pleasing, I think is incredibly smart. Plus, we're not 100% sure just how they're going to roll out paid ads. We think we know, but we, we, we really don't know yet. So personally, I see the changes, maybe the A-B testing, um, no matter whether it means that they're spending time to try to figure out whether these changes, these these tests are better for job seekers and or the actual ads. Uh, when they start rolling out paid ads, I think we're really going to understand how this looks, feels, and there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of uh, adjustments that are made. And with the Indeed and Glassdoor numbers down, it will be incredibly interesting to see how Google paid ads impact the entire market. Yeah, I mean the pay per click thing is going to happen. I think we I think we've been predicting that for like yeah. three or four prediction shows. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to happen. Uh, look, we talked about stock price. Google has been sort of under pressure uh, to monetize. They're, they're sort of getting AI a little bit weird and investors are asking questions. An easy billion dollars is getting into this job posting space in a big way and making Indeed, Glassdoor, ZipRecruiter all pay a nice little tax to mm-hmm. get their jobs on Google because they're all going to pay that tax. Just like all the job boards, the niche sites back in the day had to pay Indeed a tax mm-hmm. to get their jobs on Indeed. The monetization thing uh, is definitely going to happen. Google's really good about looking at user behavior, what people do, uh, streamlining stuff. They, they cut out stuff that people aren't using. So the little tabs on the top, Google probably knows people aren't using those. So let's get rid of them. I think part of the part of the commentary was that, oh, they've gotten rid of bookmarks and they've gotten rid of the email alerts. Well, Google might know that no one uses those. Yeah. Like no like a such a small percentage get job alerts yeah. uh, that why even have them. And frankly, right. I think we I think we have overestimated the value of email alerts uh, for job postings. I remember back in the day where it was like Everyone's always looking for a job. They want to get that email every day about all the new jobs. Well, it turns out they're not that excited about a new life insurance uh, sales position <laughs> or being a State Farm <laughs> agent like every day. People just tune that shit out yeah. and we've gotten a lot better at, at filtering out stuff. So Google may just know like this is not that important. Let's get rid of it. It's getting people away from what we want them to do in the process. The other thing is it shows that Google cares. Google wants to make this work. Google isn't just throwing spaghetti at the wall and like, oh, maybe this will happen. I mean, this is this is 2007, I think they launched this. So this is over five years that they've been doing this. It works. They clearly are, are, are on board with job postings. Now they're going to monetize this thing. Um, they care. That That's what this move tells me about what Google did. Uh, and then the last thing is like Google tests a lot of stuff. Certainly search results. And in, in my old SEO days, like there would be, Oh my God, in the wild, Google has different search results or, Oh my God, they're putting a news story in the, in the regular search results or, Oh my God, they put in a YouTube video. Google tests this stuff to see how people respond to it. Do people use it? So I wouldn't necessarily say this is gospel that this is what Google's going to do. They're probably in the testing phase. They may go back to certain things. They'll look at user, uh, user activity. Like don't get too excited that this is the end all of what Google for jobs is going to be. It may just be a test that they're running in a few countries and, uh, and they may revert back to, to other stuff that they've done before. Yeah. I think it was two, 2017, not 2007 
for Google. 17 for is what I meant. It's too early, Chad. I'm, um, the coffee's wearing off. <laughs> the coffee's wearing off. The, the thing that is going to be interesting is that Indeed won the SEO battle early on because it was easy and they gave Google exactly what they wanted. And, and, and I know that as, as we tried to, to fight Indeed with, uh, dot jobs and launching 40,000 domains of, of pure corporate content against you know, their, their uh, single site of content. Google was looking for easy, right? There's some other things there too. So the big question is going to be for me is that uh, can indeed come back in like they did in the early days and find a way to game the system. Ones that Google likes, right? And, and which will give them uh, a rise in the, uh, the, the search engine rankings, in the, Go- the Google for Jobs search engine rankings. So, so we will see. Hopefully we will finally get to see corporate jobs rise organically because that is the source of truth. That is where the job starts. That's where it ends. Uh, and there are no purveyors at that point. It's just, it's exactly what it is. So we're going to yeah. see, there's still a lot to be shaken out here. It is, it is really interesting. Um, you know, I, I occasionally just look at search results just to see like what's what and who's, mm-hmm. who's, who's there. Maybe I didn't notice. It's yeah. just kind of a curiosity for me. And, I will say that corporate jobs are creeping up into higher rankings. Now, part of that might be time, all time the, and history. All the you know, all the niche boards are gone. That might be part of what what this is. But these corporate sites that have been around since the dawn of the internet, mm-hmm. they're starting to figure out optimization. You know, the targets of the world, the WalMarts, the UPS, like the big brands that we know are starting to creep up in some of these results. And I think they're, they're creeping into uh, the Google for job stuff. Anyway, you're right. But I think ultimately indeed Glassdoor, they're all going to have to pay. They're already paying anyway to be above the Google for jobs listings. Mm -hmm. And that's, they're not, they're not like, that's not cheap. Uh, They're, they're pricing themselves out a lot of this. I haven't seen an indeed commercial and I don't know how long. So they're clearly (laughs) like shifting money. Or a zip recruiter ad. Now I, I know uh-huh. I don't live in a big metro area, but those ads used to be really common and they're not yeah. anymore. So uh yeah. you know, take that for what it's worth. But uh they're gonna have to pay Google if they want to be found on Google. Otherwise they're gonna keep paying a lot of money on ads, which they don't want to do either. Yeah, I think domains uh have had the time and trust, which is one of the things that have been like the the the, the recipe or the biggest ingredients for the, the recipe of good SEO is time and trust. Do they trust the domain, how much time, how much history is within the domain? So hopefully we will see that shift because again, yeah. in the early Google days, they really had nothing to balance out against. Now I think they know better, but we shall see. Who knows? They yeah. they can still fuck this up. The the wild card is employers slash ATSs need to make it a lot easier to apply to jobs because I think yeah. users know if I go to X, XYZ Inc, I got to go through 45 minutes of bullshit, apply to a job. Yeah. If I go to Indeed or LinkedIn, they already have my profile. I can easily Easy apply. apply. Yeah. So in, until the corporation, if if the corporations figure that out and their ATSs figure that out, then it's it's probably game over from a from an organic search result. But they haven't it still is a pain in the ass to apply to most jobs. We shall see. I need see. coffee. Everybody, listen to our sponsors. <laughs> there is no show without them. We'll be right back. All right, Chad, can I interest you in some return to office news? Oh, my God. And some, and some so discrimination, fights. a dash yes. of discrimination. Yeah, I know this, yeah. this is one of your favorite. All right, the battle over 
The return to office between workers and employers is intensifying as more workers are filing charges of disability discrimination and federal and to federal and state agencies. A growing portion of these charges is related to mental health conditions like anxiety, depression, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. The increase in such charges is, in part, driven by employers requiring employees to return to the workplace and denying some of their requests for accommodations. The return to office policy has become a contentious issue in workforce management with potential discrimination claims arising from denying accommodation requests related to mental health diagnoses. Chad, your thoughts. So we actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago and this article came out in the Wall Street Journal like the very next day. Um, so I, I said it then, and I'm going to say it again. The Jamie Dimons, the, the David Solomons of the world, they just don't give a flying fuck about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So this is really not, this is going to fall on deaf ears to the likes of them. But I believe there are many CEOs that really do care and they want to understand the consequences of jamming everyone back into fucking cubicles, especially after you know, we're, we're seeing historic record lows of unemployment for people with disabilities and even women who can get back to full-time work because they have the autonomy to work from home. Earlier this week, I actually spoke with a CEO uh, that specifically wanted to talk to me about this topic. He, he didn't even think about the impact of forcing people back into cubicles that would have on his workforce. And then we talked a little bit about the article where Brittany Lanhart, she was actually a, a face that you could put to it. Um, not to mention, it's very scary because then the, these, these four letters come into play, the EEOC. And EEOC discrimination cases around this topic are exploding. Uh, in September, the EEOC sued a Georgia employer for declining to allow a digital marketing manager with anxiety and other mental health disorders to work remotely three days a week. The company fired the employee soon after she requested the accommodation. Yeah. We've become so used to a culture of control that it's hard for leadership to understand that you can actually manage and lead people from afar. And not everybody can do that. So it's going to take special managers. Not every company can do it. Not every company is going to be, is not going to be able to do it, especially if they're very sales focused and they need to have that control, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are many companies that are out there that I think that will be able to get an amazing talent that are, is remote and, and even hybrid talent that are going to be just fleeing away from companies like this. You know, the, the harsh reality is most employers, you know, they want you to show up, shut up and buck up. Uh, and most of them are from a generation like us where the, the mentality is like rub some dirt on it and fucking get back out there. Yeah. Um, mental health is going to be a tough one. Uh, yeah. Look, if I'm hearing impaired, I'm visually impaired, I've I've been blind my whole life. That's easy to prove. That's that's visible to everyone. Um, that is a much cleaner decision or debate to have. When you throw mental health in it, it's a really gray area right now. My guess is companies don't want to deal with it. That's why your your case study was fired. To go to court on that, to go EEOC on that, proving that is tougher. I guess, I would guess, then I have a, a, a hearing disability. 
um, or I have a, a, a disability that is sort of culturally known acceptable as a disability. Like there's a certain mentality of people in America, certainly that, that will not sort of embrace mental health issues as a thing to be accommodated by employers. The EEOC, we have to have some really strict rules, some really clear rules around what is mental health? Uh, what is a disability? Um, is it a doctor's note? Is it something more clinical? I don't know. Uh, this is more your lane than mine. Um, but if until we start treating mental health disabilities like we do hearing, visual, uh, mob- mobility, et cetera, it's going to be this is going to be a really gray area. And most companies aren't going to be really, uh, really open to addressing the issues of mental health with workers. Instead of just focusing on, well, are they really disabled? Other than them getting accommodations and needing accommodations, then we give them that. But who cares? The person, the human, they're doing a job. Moms who are working from home, that's not a disability. Being a mom is not a disability, but guess what? We're treating them like they have a disability because they're being mommy tracked because they have to be there to pick the kids up or they have to do X, Y, or Z. It's total bullshit. We need to understand that the great talent is out there and being able to provide them a little autonomy and treat them like fucking adults is where we need to be, whether it's disability, diversity, gender, doesn't matter. That's where our head needs to be. And a lot of these discussions really tend to focus on one specific area. Fuck all of that. We need to focus on performance. Yeah. One of the, one of the great tragedies of the returned office is the folks who were like super happy and productive and content doing their job from home and taking care of kids or not dealing with exterior issues. And those people are so screwed in this returned office trend that's happening. It's unfortunate. And again, whether you have a disability or not, whether you, I mean, it doesn't matter just the human themselves. Can they perform? Well, from kind of a bummer uh, conversation, let's talk about some winning. Oops. Winning. All right. Labor (laughs) continues their winning ways. Uh, We've talked about the UAW and the big three. Toyota Motor said last or this past week that it is raising the wages of non-U.S. non-union U.S. factory workers just days after the UAW union won a major win against that big three. Uh, Members at the General Dynamics plants in Ohio, Michigan and Pennsylvania have voted to ratify a new tentative agreement for salary increases And how's this for a little worker leverage, Chad? American Airlines is now offering $250,000 cash (laughs) bonuses to poach FedEx and UPS pilots to join their ranks. So much winning, Chad. I can't stand it. Oops, winning. What are your thoughts? (laughs) So I watched an interview with Sean Fain, the head of the UAW this week, and he mentioned uh, this as the UAW bump which I think is is pretty cool because, again, GM is bumping non-union wages, uh, not to mention they're doing a company match increase from 4 to 6% on 401k plans, right? Uh, Toyota, 9% wage bump, General Dynamics, uh, UAW Stellantis, they're actually building new plants uh, in Illinois, right? So mm-hmm. as we were talking about this uh, months ago, you know, it was like, well, shit, they're just going to move everything away. Well, the UAW is like, no, <laughs> nothing's getting done. We're doing more here in America. And from an yeah. optic standpoint, nobody has gotten this done right over the past 40 years. Sean Fain and the UAW have done it. 
um, not only are we seeing wage growth, but they're also planning again on building more in the U.S. So I'll, I'll say it again. I love this. I love this. As CEOs received 1,500% increases while American workers turned in to the working poor with 18% increases, that for the most part was less than inflation in, in many parts of the United States. Uh, while guys like Milton Freeman and now Josh Burson and Johnny Taylor are a proxy mouthpiece for the rich, uh, we finally have a mouthpiece. We have a mouthpiece for the people who are doing the work on the front line. So these moves are a collective middle finger to those assholes saying, fuck you, I deserve more. <laughs> yeah, Sean Fain is, has made the rounds on TV. Uh, yes. you, you being in Portugal, maybe don't get as, as much as we do, but he is a popular guy uh, on the news shows. And his, his new statement is the next time we... Uh, we do this. It won't be the big three. It'll be the big five or six, which is a shot across the bow of Toyota, Honda, uh, the German car companies, Tesla. and maybe most importantly, uh, Tesla. And this, those companies are going to have to either uh, you know, get ahead of this, raise salaries now. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I imagine at some point Tesla is going to use their stock leverage uh, to keep workers happy or keep them from striking or unionizing. Um, salary increases will, will probably be part of that, but he's, they're going to make the stock options, uh, really juicy, I think on, on Tesla workers also being in Europe, you probably, uh, don't get quite the attention to the, uh, Republican debate, uh, that no. happened this week and anti, let's say anti-China sentiment and anti, uh, producing things outside of the U S and our allies is a very popular topic, uh, amongst, uh, the Republican candidates. And it is with everybody. Joe Biden, who it's popular who, you know, with everybody who had the great photo op with uh, with the UAW. Uh, like, look, the sentiment, the rhetoric for the next year is going to be America, 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 China, bad rest of the world, bad. We need to <laughs> we need to build stuff here. Uh, the Intel chip, you and I are heart, hearts are close to Ohio. Ohio is is going to benefit greatly from this move. The Intel uh, plan in, in Columbus. Yes, workers are going to win for the next decade because industry, production, uh, everything is coming back to our shores. Uh, globalization is like so last decade. The, the airline thing is really interesting to me. We can't just pull pilots out of the sky uh, like we can probably auto workers. Mm -hmm. So these certain degrees and certain professions are going to be super hot. I have a sick, I have a 17 year old at home. He'll hear about this. Cause I'll talk about it. Like you don't think a lot of kids now are going to want to go to flight school, uh, knowing that they're getting half quarter of a million dollar bonuses, uh, for coming to work there. So really great time to be, uh, in, in labor capital is, is going to have to kind of suck it up, uh, and, and figure stuff out. Automation will be part of that. But anyway, let's enjoy the moment. Workers are winning, uh, and maybe the biggest win is we get to we get to play Charlie Sheen. Oops, winning. We'll be right back. Chad, the Russians have finally gone too far. A Russian <laughs> doctor claimed in a TikTok video this week that oral sex poses a greater risk of causing throat cancer than smoking or drinking alcohol. Bastard. <laughs> to support the argument. The CDC notes that HPV can be transmitted during oral sex, 
with men being more likely to develop cancer from the disease while women are more likely to carry the virus. What's more, Michael Douglas, yet Gordon Gecko, previously claimed that oral sex caused his throat cancer. Chad, this is why we can't have nice things. What are your thoughts? Everything kills us. We're all here on the this planet for a, a, a short amount of time, okay? Do the things that make you happy, just as long as they're not illegal. Come enjoy some sunny shores somewhere, whether it's on the U.S., it's in France, it's in Italy. It doesn't matter. You get one of these kids, enjoy every single one of a bit of it. And if it has to do, some of it has to do with some oral sex, have at it. Please enjoy yourself. Party at Casa de Sowash, everybody. What are you doing, Stepbro? <laughs> okay, so Chad, you and I are, are proud Gen Xers. You yes. and I grew up with... Sex is going to kill you because of AIDS. Drugs are going to kill you. Remember, this is your brain on drugs, the the frying egg. Nah. Smoking, obviously, is going to kill you. How many ads of like, you know, throatless people and lung, black lungs do we see? Drunkenness is going to mm-hmm. kill you. Remember, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, like everyone's oh, yeah. going to die yeah. from drinking, sex, everything fun uh, is going to kill you. Like what's next? Listening to podcasts are going to kill you. <laughs> whoa, 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 look, look, whoa. Throwing. Throwing oral sex will kill you is not going to move the needle uh, for Gen X. And I kind of doubt no. that it's going to do much for the millennials or the Zs. No. And the boomers really don't give a fuck uh, at this point. So look, kids, like Chad said, we're looking at Biden versus Trump 2.0. We're looking at World War Three, And more than anything, we're looking at more annoying pictures of Euro Chad enjoying <laughs> his best yes. life. We can all use a little more oral sex. We out. out. Wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chat and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell. Enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey. Or just watch big booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. But save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out.